Hey guys, welcome to the Big Blue United podcast. My name's TJ. I'm here with my buddies Dan and Colin as always. Guys, how's life treating you this week? The last two weeks, I should say, since we took a week off. Yeah, well, well, um, I'm doing okay. I, I'm, I'm relieved. What, 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 what are you relieved about? In what sense? Uh, I, I don't have to have the pain uh, of weekly sports viewing and any longer. Okay, okay, that's. I mean, the playoffs will be fun. That, that well, I guess that's right. It's not painful, is what you're trying to say. I enjoy the sport, and I don't have any, you know, any leg in the game. So, uh, you know, I can actually enjoy the sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you, Dan. What's up with you, man? I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't. I, I can't. I don't know that I can recall a single element from that Giants game on Sunday uh, before the week that that followed it. Uh, just a lot's been going on. Lots been going on. I'm trying to, to regroup here and. Uh, Focus in on what really matters, which is the offseason and and draft preparation. I'm starting to run my mock drafts already. I, I saw that. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that is really the only thing that matters right now is the offseason. So, <laughs> yep. Um, so, guys, as always, please make sure to subscribe to BPU on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the pod at whatever platform of your choice is. Dan, uh, why don't you let us know what's, what's the word on Dave Gettleman this week? Oh, well, I mean, I should mention that he's keeping his job, as we know, so... You know, what's what's the word there? Yeah, you know, it, it sort of worked out just like Davey thought. And, uh, you know, I, I got good word from a friend of a friend of Trom's that, uh, you know, af- after he secured his position another year in the Meadowlands, Dave took a little road trip uh, and, and and took a vacation down sightseeing in the nation's capital all week. He was down there, I, I'm sure, just seeing the sights, you know, not do anything, you know, illegal or, um, you know, treacherous or anything like that. Um, so, you know, he had a wild, relatively quiet week. Um, but for some reason, I don't know if you guys have any insight on this, but all of his social medias have been terminated. There's just no footprint whatsoever. Um, that just doesn't add up. I wonder why maybe, maybe, you know, it was because we were ripping off his, uh, his Twitter account, but you know, that's, that's, that's for you to figure out, I guess. It's a, it's a mystery to me too. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, I'm not really sure. It's, it's, it's strange, but we miss him. Well, we'll have a lot of time to hang out with Dave, you know, next year and presumably into the foreseeable future. As he unifies all Giants fans under one umbrella. Exactly, exactly. So uh, I know, I know. as I mentioned before, we, we took last week off. So just briefly, um, obviously the Giants beat the Cowboys for the first time since 2016, 23-19. to 19. Uh, Giants still had a shot to make the playoffs. Philly had to beat Washington on Sunday night. And then Peterson pulls Jalen Hurts in the fourth quarter. Uh, got a lot of flack, presumably throwing the game so they could get a better draft pick and or because they hate the Giants. I'd, I'd rather say they probably wanted the draft pick. And then he promptly lost his job. So I don't think many things worked out for him. But what are your what is your opinion on, on that game? And, and if, if he did throw the game, if he didn't, Dan? I mean, there are so many logical reasons why that happened. I, I don't think the Giants have anything to do with it. Um, I think it's it's likely pressure from the front office to, uh, to, to do that so they could improve their draft position by three spots. Um, and the front office knowing they were going to replace Peterson anyway for the rift that uh, was developed between him and, 
and Carson Wentz over, over the years. So they're probably like, we're going to fire him anyway. We'll let him fall on the sword. We'll get the better draft pick. Um, and he'll be out of here anyway. That that's my read on it. Um, as far as, you know, how I feel like, yeah, it's crummy that they didn't play the game. Like you're supposed to play it, but I, I don't think it, it was to further this season. They're just looking out for number one right there. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I kind of, I think it's something a, a little different, not just a football thing. Um, not that uh, Philadelphia is known for their style by any means, but I think they finally got sick of a coach that only wore visors in games. <laughs> I think uh, any, any time after 1999, and if you were into pop punk around that time, I guess if you wore a, a, a visor upside down and backwards, that was cool. But I don't know. As a coach of an NFL team, I, I just don't think it's appropriate. So I think they 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 got sick of it and they they canned him because of it. It could Isn't be Sean Payton, the visor guy. Uh, we don't talk about that. He's 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 a he's a former he's a former Giant coach, so he can he can wear a visor. Yeah, he's just probably. biding his time to come back to New York, right? Exactly. Like everybody is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if, yeah. if you if well, the way I look at it is like I just like what Logan Ryan said. He's like. They, we were six and ten. We we should have played better, and we shouldn't blame Philadelphia for not making the playoffs. Absolutely. 100%. So there you go. Whatever. It, you know, I, I it's it's I think it's a I, you know I would have loved to see the Giants you know play in a wild card game. Whether or not they would have won or not, I don't know. I mean, at this point, what's done is done, and I'm happy we're in the draft position we are. Yeah. And speaking of the draft, we, we as we mentioned before, we're gonna have Getty Goods back picking picking uh picking those picks and uh, doing the free agency. Um, I know we pick in the picks. I know that we generally are very positive about Dave Gettleman on this podcast and always have been, but uh, what's your guys? I'm just kidding. I saw Dan's face. Give me a scowl there. (laughs) Um, So Colin, you know, what's your general thought on, on Gettleman coming back? Well, you know, I, I think I, I, as you've pointed out in a couple of episodes going back or even our text message conversations, I've been, uh, out of character with my negativity, I guess, this year. I've, I've reached a, a breaking point, but I think there might be a glimmer, a a peak of sunlight in this situation, which you wouldn't really expect, but I actually do think it is the way that it is, and it's because John Mara and the Tishes are cowards. Um, mm. Because they are slaves to... Uh, well, continuity and and loyalty and all that kind of stuff they keep them on so it looks good but i think from what we hear of how much they love judge and the coaching staff i think this is a transition into a figurehead kind of situation which dan hates but i don't hate that much because if judge is the one that's telling him to go get the players that judge wants then i don't really have that big of a problem with it because maybe they're biding their time for a GM to come along that uh, fits Judge's viewpoint and they'll get him. I, I don't know if that's the case, but if it ends up being that Judge is actually making the calls and he's just kind of there and he's on his way out into retirement sooner than later, then fine. So I'm, I'm holding out hope that it's one of those kind of situations. I don't think he's going to make a very big decision after uh, Logan Ryan being re-signed. I think this is going to be a, a Judge kind of game here on out. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure that I'd buy him as a puppet GM. I sort of think, I mean, I get that's what's happening, and I, I'm just not making an excuse for it. I think you're right. I think, you know, the Maris and Tishes basically uh, are telling Judge, this is at least my hope in the given circumstance, that, that Judge will have total control over the team and, you know, just let Gettleman ride out his contract and let him go on his way without having to 
you know, be confrontational anyway and fire the jerk. Um, but I think, you know, there's no way he should be on for this upcoming season. There's no way he earned it. The record is awful. He had one draft that might be okay. The 2018 draft is an abomination. We have like one and a half players from that draft. Um, and he, he doesn't do anything to, to put the team in a better situation to win. I don't, I don't think, I feel like all the minor successes we had this season were sort of in spite of the personnel decisions that he's been making over the past two, three years. Um, the, I think we lucked out with coach, uh, with coach Joe judge and his, uh, the people that he put in control of the defense, particularly uh, Patrick Graham. And I think they, you know, outplayed their, their talent and, and to put us behind the eight ball again with him at the helm uh, for another season. I, I just think we're wasting another year and players that have a short lifespan in the NFL, like Saquon, are just going to, you know, languish here again. Um, so, I mean, there, there's no real silver lining to it. I just think it's the Giants being sort of stubborn and, and afraid of, you know, embracing the change that's going on in the NFL around them. Yeah, I mean, I think when, when I read, you know, that Tish and Mayer were going to let him retire, that's like the most Giants thing ever, you know, make the decision to get rid of the guy or keep him. I guess they decided to keep him, obviously. But I kind of agree with both of you guys here and that, I do hope that Judge has more say in the personnel decisions and the drafting and the free agent pickups. As long as literally Judge anybody, up, yeah, any I human. mean, sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to say Gettleman didn't didn't make a good good couple of draft picks or free agent acquisitions in his tenure with the Giants because he has. But ultimately, you know, the product on the field is not good. It's not because of the coaching; it's because of the players on the field. And I think Patrick Graham and uh, even you know, well, well, we'll get to the offense. I think Patrick Graham specifically has done a good job with what he was given. And if you want to kind of just look at what the season was and just do a little recap on it, I feel like it would be a good idea for us to kind of just say at first what we thought was, was positive about this season, and then, and then we can wrap it up with what was negative and then kind of look forward to, to next year and what we think they should do in the offseason. So, I mean, for me, positive-wise, the number one most positive thing is that we said the Giants were going to go 6-10, and, and they did. So, pat on the back for all of us. Yeah, it went for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, basically what it comes down to for me is I think the Giants have really found, you know, the true successor to Tom Coughlin and Joe Judge. I know we've praised this guy a ton of times in the pod for, you know, keeping the players motivated when they're on, you know, four-game losing streak. They're not really playing super well. Um, the other One of the other things i got to mention is the Giants finally beat the Cowboys and the Eagles, which is awesome. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um I mean, also, the defense was a really pleasant surprise for me. I, I thought the unit would, would be decent, but I think they ended up being really good, um, you know, despite the fact that they had to be on the field really long time, playing gassed, playing with a team that's, you know, minus 10 minutes every game on time of possession. James Bradbury, arguably maybe the best corner in the NFL. Leonard Williams came out and had 10, but more than 10 sacks. I think the defense is really the, the number one positive thing here in the coaching. Offensively, I, I guess Jones reduced his turnovers. I, the line sort of seemed to get it together on the run blocking and, and a little bit on the pass blocking towards the end of the year. But the offense, I don't really have too many positive things to say. But at the end of the day, it looks like this team is trending in, in, in a better direction than they have been since you know the last time they made the playoffs in 2016. What do you guys think? What do you think, Colin? Well, I'm not going to go specific to any um, uh, any specific team on the field. It's more of a, an overall, and it's cliche, I know, but there has been an obvious change in the culture overall. And I know people have been saying that and then driving into the ground. But 
when you had a, a bunch of you know wet cardboard head coaches for the last six years or whatever it is, when you have someone come in and actually kind of get everybody to pay attention in, in the uh, the meeting room and be like, you know what? Oh, you know, I I want to fight for this guy. I, I yeah, we might not have a lot of talent here, but we can do what we can do with what we have, and we're going to, and that's all we can ask for. When you can squeeze that amount of effort out of that little amount of talent, that's incredible. And imagine what this guy can do with some, uh, you know, a, a brain in the head of a GM that actually picks players that are, are worthy of being picked, whether it's free agency or the draft. So, yeah, I, when it comes down to it, the culture is building and it's, you know, it's only looking up from here if someone figures out how to get some decent players in the room. Yeah, it's, it's hard to find a, a lot of upsides from this year, you know, I'm the, the ultimate skeptic, I think out of the three of us. Um, and and I'll, I'll give you the culture does seem to have changed a bit and the team seems willing to fight for Joe Judge. I, I think for me, some players crystallize why they're great. Like Sterling Shepard to me is like a true giant. I don't want to see him on another team for another year. He had like a relatively unspectacular year, but he, you can tell he's working hard and, and he you know, belongs on this team. He just, he just resonates with me like some of the older school players on the uh, in giants history. Um, uh, I think there's some promise from um, uh, Mc, West, um, not Weston McKinney. I almost did it again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from Juventus star Weston McKinney. Uh, yeah, from right. McKinney, I, th I think he, he, he's becoming a solid safety towards the end of the season when he finally got some playing time. Um, and again, I think our defensive line is, is, you know, excellent. Uh, and keeping them together is going to be a whole other question that we'll get into uh, either way as Potter in some of the, the pods we'll do coming up. Um, but the, the stuff that sucks is, is, you know, though you, we, we look at this team and say they are improving. I still think we're overlooking like the quality of the wins. And, and I want to highlight a, a tweet that I saw and, and actually a response to a tweet. Um, so uh, Ian, Ian posted that, uh, the Giants only won two games this season against teams with their week one starter playing, one of which was Carson Wentz, which is bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> the entire season you play two starting quarterbacks and you end up six and ten. And then uh, uh, someone, a uh, Big Blue United, you know, someone tweeted us. Uh, Jamal is the uh, at Indigo Jewel Blue, tweeted uh, in three seasons we've only beaten three starting quarterbacks. So so check this out. <laughs> in 2018, uh, we played. Uh, Watson, Fitzmagic, and Winston in one game. Nick Mullins, Chase Daniels, Mark Sanchez. 2019, uh, we played Jameis Winston, Chase Keenum, slash Haskins, Fitzmagic again, Haskins and Keenum. And then this year, the only starters we played were Russell Wilson and Wentz. So <laughs> there's it's just the, 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 the type of, you know, talent we're playing and it, we're never winning games besides the Seahawks game uh, against quality teams so I feel like there's got to be some sort of acknowledgement of, of quality wins um, as well um, I don't know I'm, I'm down in the dumps there's been a lot of bad bad news recently but um, I just think there, there still needs to be a huge overhaul I and mean, we can't keep making the same bad decisions compounding bad decisions in past years you know that's why the Gettleman thing really bothers me we're just sticking with the same of you know, mediocrity and, and they got to take some swings for the fences and, you know, they might've done that with the judge, but there needs to be a whole new approach to personnel and, and, and talent development. N not to mention, if we want to talk a little bit about that press conference that was 
an abomination in itself from Gettleman. As we oh talk my about God! What happening. I, I, he he literally said maybe five thousand words or more and said absolutely nothing in it. You know, at the end of the day, we just got to go out there and, uh, you know, it is what it is. And that's what happened. And, you know, at the end of the day, Evan Ingram, you know, might be the worst tight end in history, but, you know, we're going to sign him to a huge <laughs> contract because, you know, I, you know, you know, he's, he's the only person that has, you know, somewhat of skills on the offense. Yeah. Skills to drop the ball basically, or tip passes. He dropped to 11 passes. Uh, three of them five, turned into interceptions. Five, I think there was five picks on targets he was pass, passed. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, five picks when he was targeted this year alone, which is absolutely atrocious. He cost the Giants 35 expected points. That's insane. I mean, when I go back to what you just said, Dan, about the starting quarterback thing, I think, you know, we looked at the defense, they're fine. I mean, at the end of the day, the, the real negative thing about this team has always been the offense. The offense isn't playing the opposing team's quarterback. I mean, Jason Garrett has got to be out of here. Uh, the Giants offense is just so bad all year. I, I still think we can go back and say Jones is kind of still hard to evaluate him based upon the offensive line play. I think the last game of the year against the Cowboys, I was like, defense is terrible, but the offensive line gave him that Cole McCoy blocking and he had a decent game, I thought. And and it gave me hope for the future. And, and I know people want to say that, oh, you can't fire Garrett because it's his third coordinator in as many years and that's hurts his development. I'm sorry. You need someone who's savvy and inventive calling plays. Like, it's it's crazy. I, I don't know. I, I just think that's ultimately where this team needs to succeed. And, I mean, is there is there any other negative things you guys want to get out before we move on? Or Well, I think I, that point that you just made, that, that moving on to another coordinator is going to be harmful to Daniel Jones, is the craziest, worst no. take I've ever heard. Because no, let's not, keep him in, in a well, – go ahead. Well, he's, he's not an idiot. He can figure it out. He's in the NFL for a reason. I think he went to Duke. I think he could figure out another offense. Like, this isn't a big deal. Anyone oh, Daniel that, Jones. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jason Garrett is an idiot. Oh, well, yes. I mean, that, but I, I was going to say, too, uh, when it when it comes to the um, the Colt McCoy blocking, I don't know if any of you guys seen uh, Jones has upped his uh, his skill level with the prayer circles. I don't know if you, you saw. Oh, he, how, how did it look? Was it a tight circle? He, was it inclusive? It, it was almost identical to what Colt has been doing Colt's been teaching him the right the right ways man yeah it's a mentor of a backup that's what you need it was tight it was uh cohesive and um I hope that the prayers you know are going towards a a positive future for he's gonna be drinking milk from the teat in no time yeah we need to get one of my inside guys to get some audio from one of those prayer circles and see really what it's about yeah (laughs) absolutely Uh, I guess the last thing I wanted to ask you guys when we're looking back in the season, just in general, like what was your favorite moment of the season? What was your least favorite moment, Colin? Uh, my favorite moment was the Seattle game. That's just an obvious. That 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 gave me hope out of nowhere, and there was just kind of like I was feeling like, oh, is this not an aberration? I would like this to just be what the rest of the season is looking like for no reason. Just let's just go. Let's ride this. And it was such a wonderful game to watch. It it was the first game in in however many years where, I mean, not really anything went wrong in it. And in retrospect, unfortunately, that does spell out aberration number one, which is, you know, but that was my favorite moment. You get blinded by your happiness in the moment, you know? Yeah. It's a hard game to evaluate when you're when you're thrilled about it. I was actually going to say that was my favorite moment too. It, it was, at least it was the moment that put the biggest smile on my face in the whole year. Well, it was think? really the only moment I think. Mm. 
I mean, you could say the Cowboys game too, or beating the Eagles, beating the Cowboys are both, you know, positive things since it's been so long. I know neither of those teams are particularly good. But like I said before, the Cowboys game, it, it sort of seemed like they were sort of putting it together on offense. I mean, sort of. I'm not going to get crazy. Uh, there is, there is, I think, God, it's, it's, it, the best moments this season are coming down to like one or two plays. But there was, I think, similar plays by both Jabril Peppers and uh, Blake Martinez where they just had like these reads, like these perfect reads. Like remember playing linebacker, Colin, when they'd ask you what the read was and it's was like clear or cloudy. And when you, when you get the read right and it's clear and it was like just a read that was totally clear uh, for both in this particular instance, I'm thinking of the Jabril Peppers tackle. And, and he, we shot through the defensive offensive line and just walloped. I forgot who the sack was on, but it, I, I just have the image in my head. Um, there's yeah. two sacks like that. And those are the kind of things that like fire you up and like, especially early on in a game when you can get the defense on, you know, taking down the offense on, on big plays and change momentum and, and set the tempo. Um, that was really fun. It's just too bad that, you know, in both those games, I don't think they got bailed out by the offense. No. Um, they never did, but, really. I yeah, mean, so what, there, there, there one flashes game, of one game in the year where they scored more than 30 points now against the 49ers. They got blown, they lost anyway. I mean, oh, no, I'm sorry. 34 was the first Cowboys game. Excuse me. That's that's a mistake. And what? And, and, no, and no games for more than 300 passing yards, right? Yep. No, no. Not even Colt could pull it off, you know? Wow. Even Colt. I mean, uh, who knows? Yeah, I mean, if, I, if I'm going to go to, like, my least favorite moment, I, I think, you know, early in the season was just the Saquon injury, which I think, you know, predicated just the what this offense was going to be. They couldn't run the ball at all, and then he tears his ACL. I mean, I, I would like to think that if he didn't get hurt, the Giants eventually got the run blocking together, that they wouldn't have been ranked 31st in offense for 17 weeks. I don't know. That's just a bummer. And, you know, like you said before, you know, he's got a short shelf life. That's a tough injury to come back from. I know he's a freak athlete. I'm sure he'll be good, but the seasons are limited. I mean, I realize that the amount of carries you have does dictate, you know, kind of the workload you can have in the future. I mean, you saw guys like Larry Johnson or whatever have like three, 400 carries in a season and just be amazing and then just fall off completely because their body is worn down. So, you know, I just really hope Saquon can come back next year and kind of Pair with Shepard, who I think is the only other playmaker on this offense with any sort of consistency, and that the guys on the line can, you know, work together and, and we'll see something a little bit better, a little better product next year. So I the Saquon injury gave birth to your your boy Gallman, the Ballman. Of course, uh, I, I I do I do love I do love Gallman, but I feel like you know he's he's a good very good backup. He's not a feature back. He's a he's a Rashard Jennings, you know. No, don't even say that. He's better than him. Well, Richard, Richard Jennings shouldn't have, yeah. <laughs> should have been a starter. Shouldn't have been a starter. It was our, um, our marquee uh, acquisition that year. Yeah, well, that's saying a hell of a lot. Um, my least favorite moment is is kind of an it's a weird one, um, and it's only because I think only the true Giants fan will understand why it's my least favorite moment. Uh, Jones's very long, very fast run to fall on his face. Uh, that was my <laughs> least favorite moment in the entire year because it is a metaphor for what it feels like to be a Giants fan. You go so so many years of mediocrity to outright bad, then you you win a Super Bowl and then you're right back to it. So in one play, it encapsulated what it is to be a Giant fan. Oh my God, this is the best. This is the, oh no, this is the worst. Granted, we did score a touchdown on that drive, and that's all good and fine, but oh my God. He he ran the fastest of any quarterback in the entire league this year on that play, 
and still managed to not score a touchdown. And that is just emblematic. Was there one moment during that carry that you thought he was actually going to score a touchdown? Yes. The whole and time. that's why I'm saying this right now. The whole time I was, I thought, I was like, there's no way he's going to score. There's no way he's going to score. But he was going so fast. I was just like, what? he's shot out of a cannon. And it was, it was, he was going too fast. Is that possible? You're going too fast. It's because he was too fast. Yeah, tall. it happened to me in New Orleans at your bachelor party where I fell into that car running down the street. Although I did have about maybe 18 to 20 drinks that night. I don't know if Daniel Jones was drinking before the game or not. You, you, the, the resurgence of Liquid Man after about 15 years came back and you were ready for it. It was. You, you predicted what Jones was going to do on that play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I should say Liquid Man. Um, so when I run, I look very silly, sort of like a very like a loosey-goosey sort of run. Although I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat tall and slender, I'm probably the least athletic person that ever lived. So, uh, you know, the moniker sticks to this day and for good reason. <laughs> so wait, wait, are, are you saying that we should maybe start calling Daniel Jones Liquid Man? I think that might be a great nickname and we should have come up with it that week, honestly. Liquid yeah. Dan. Liquid, Liquid Dan. Dan. There it yeah. is. <laughs> we did it. I like it. it. There you go. Oh, uh, Dan, did, did you want to share your least favorite moment or, or yeah. was every moment your least favorite moment? No, I, I can distill it at the moment uh, last week when they decided to bring Gettleman back. There you go. I knew uh. you were going to say it. <laughs> You don't, no explanation. Don't even dive into it. That's just what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So, I mean, if we want to just take a look uh, at the offseason here. Um, so, basically, the, the salary cap is actually going to drop this year due to, obviously, I think there was some sort of thing going on in the world where people couldn't go to games. I, I, we don't need to get into it. But salary cap projected to be $175 million next year, which leave the Giants with around $12 million and change before any cuts happen. So, you'd think, you know, it would take about $6 million to sign your rookies. Um they're probably going to need to cut the fat because that's not really going to cut it with a team who really needs a lot of upgrades at a lot of positions. Um, I mean, who do you guys feel like are, are the really potential cut candidates, uh, whether or not they're guys you want to see go or do want to see go, guys who are cap casualties or guys who just don't think are performing up to their contracts, Dan? Yeah, as much as I'd like to say, like, cut everyone possible, um, I think I think we have to keep Nate Solder. He's, you know, it's going to be 6.5 million in dead money. Um, and if he comes, you know, he's not injured, so he should be healthy. So he can come back and contribute immediately, whether it's on the left or right side of the line and, and be hopefully above replacement level player. And then, you know, when his contract's up, um, we let him go. Um, but I think, I think other than that, I'd love to see get rid of golden Tate, obviously. Absolutely. And, yep. And I think Zeitler can go as well. Um, not that he's, you know, he's our best guard, but um, it's a heavy contract. $12 million we'd save. Only have to eat 2.5 mil. Um, and he's not, he's not going to be here for, for the long haul anyway. So, you know, if we're comfortable start starting Shane Lemieux, I mean, we don't really need the upside of Zeitler. Um, and then I, a controversial opinion, but uh, I think we, you know, as as great as as Leo Williams played this year, I think that um, we might need to let him walk um, unless we do some sort of sign and trade. Um, it's just it's just going to be an onerous contract. It's going to be huge. And although he played great, I, I don't know that it's it's worth it for where this team is and considering the depth we have on the defensive line. Um, I think 
you know, Dexter Lawrence was, was ranked right behind him as far as D tackles by PFF um, and Tomlinson and BJ Hill um, were both, you know, top 32 defensive tackles, um, all sort of the same characteristics, though, you know, Leo has a little bit more pass rushing ability. Um, but I think if we're, if we're so deficient in so many areas, I'm not sure that committing that much money to Leonard Williams is the best idea moving forward. I'm, I, I kind of, I mean, I, I know I wanted to get into this too. It, like how, how can they keep Dalvin Thomas and Leonard Williams? I'd like that to happen. I know we discussed what Leonard Williams value was a couple pods ago. And I think we said it was like around 16 million. I definitely think he is a 20 million. Over 20, Someone's yeah. getting 20 now. That being said, you know, Dalvin is, is a free agent too. I think you get him for 13 million um, a year, probably. And then between, you know, BJ Hill Dexter Lawrence and Dalvin Tomlinson, I still feel like that's a really good front three. And then you spend that money on a premium edge rusher, which is really yes. what the Giants need. You know, absolutely. We are we, we are we are completely in accordance with all of this. I, I don't even have to it's jump in. It's not an easy By decision. The way, Evan Evan Ingram needs to be off this team too. And can I can I zero throw in... dead six million in savings, zero dead money. Can, can we throw in can we throw in Sham uh, uh, Fleming's too? Okay, what Cam Fleming? He's a he's he's a free agent. He won't be back. Well, yeah, get rid of him. Sham, 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 get him out. Sham, yeah, yeah. He's not he's he's already a free agent, so there's no cutting necessary. Well, but yeah, he'll well, be gone. Can, can they can he cut him anyway to make me feel better? <laughs> no, but I agree that I agree. Since Fleming's leaving, I do agree with you, Dan, that, that they should let Solder stay because the dead money is too much. But what I mean, there's some guys on this team also like the third string tight end. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Tololo. Um, he actually surprised me for three million dollars a year. For three sure. millions in saving, sure. I don't think so. Will Hernandez, I think you cut him too. Two point three million a year. He's not any good. I say you keep Zeitler though, even though his contract's a little high. But I don't see how removing probably the best piece off this offensive line is going to be anything positive for this team moving forward. Great I don't know. point. But yeah, I mean, did, did any, did Colin, did, do you have any opinion on keeping Leonard Williams? Or are you okay with him him uh, walking? I mean, or do you, he... would you rather keep him and let Dalvin walk? No, I, I I'd rather Dalvin between the two because. I mean, just for the fact that he's like a like a true blue giant, like there's there's a part of it of me that just feels like we drafted him. I want him. He's he's a great dude. He's 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 a giant, and you know Leonard Williams is great, and he did what he needed to do to get a payday. I don't think it's worth our time with all the deficiencies we have on this roster to pay him upwards of twenty million dollars a year. It makes no sense especially because our pass rush is not that great. Granted, we had some guys that were on the IR for COVID and injuries and stuff like that. But even those guys, if they were playing, we still need reinforcements with, with rushing the passer, period. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, if we want to identify kind of the, the positions of need on this team, I guess you can see, you know, edge, wide receiver, O-line, cornerback. Um, I know, Colin, you've been talking a lot about the edge rusher. Who do you see the Giants going after, whether it's in the draft or free agency? To, to really upgrade the spot um, next to, or on the other side of Lorenzo Carter when he comes back? Well, this is a, a twofold kind of question because you know how much I love uh, names of college players coming into the NFL. <laughs> uh, so this, this uh, checks off both of those kind of categories. Um, looking at the, um, the edge rusher from Georgia, Aziz Ojalar, if you want to, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, he's a little bit smaller of a guy. Uh, 240, 6'3", as opposed to uh, my other guy, who's uh, just an incredible name in itself, Quiddy Pay. From, Pay. Yeah, from, from Michigan. Michigan, He's, yeah. Yeah, 6'4", 270. I 
I don't know. I, I don't know why. I, I sort of want the bigger guy because I feel like, I don't know. It just sounds bigger and better to me. But, I mean, I, I 240 versus 270. I guess if, uh, if Pay could be kind of like that, you can put him with his hand on the ground kind of thing. He's a little more of a versatile as opposed to Aziz, who would be just a strictly stand-up edge rusher. But either way, either one of those guys, uh, I would take in the first round. I, I, I'm from the beginning of the season up until now. I've been thinking offensive line or pass rusher, and I'm still there. So, so do you, do you think they should definitely do pass? I mean, I think Quinny Pay has good value at eleven. Um, do you, do you see anyone anyone in free agency, or you really think that's what they should do with the first pick of the draft? I think pass rusher. It should be draft. What's unfortunate is any of the free agents that are coming out that are, are tackles are kind of getting long in the tooth. Uh, so it's like a toss up for me. I, I'd be happy either way. I hear you. I mean, I, I do like, you know, guys like Matt Judon or, or, I know, you know I knew you were going to say him. Also Hassan Ruddick who destroyed the giants too, is, is a wow. free agent this year, but that remains to be seen. Oh my God. D- Dan, Dan, what position, you know, do you really think the giants need to fulfill the most? And, and would you go draft a free agency and who do you think? Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm sort of focusing on the wide receiver position. Um, as much as we love Stoning Shepard, I think we need, more of an X factor sort of take the game over kind of player. I mean, what team doesn't, but um, I think we should take a couple shots and, and it's a fairly rich free agent market for wide receivers. Um, there's two wide receivers in free agency. I like, uh, but I just want to note that um, I do, I do like uh, the idea of taking a wide receiver in the draft, not in the first round, but in the second or third, I think there's still a lot of value. There's some players that have some really interesting um, metrics. There's this dude uh, out of LSU, uh, his name is uh, what's it? Oh, Terrence Marshall Jr. He's six three, uh, two hundred pounds. He uh, he's fast. If he runs like a, around a four four forty, he'd be a great target for Daniel Jones. Um, oh, and uh, as far as free agency, um, if I could have anyone, I I think uh, Allen Robinson would be absolutely amazing. Uh, I was going to say that too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but you, I I don't have a problem paying a wide receiver. Um, but I would actually, I think I'd actually prefer Juju because he's so young and I think he, uh, you know, I don't know that he's going to leave with the Steelers. I feel like that's the kind of guy they, they wrap up for a long time. I got to disagree with you, man. I think Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool really stepped up this year and they're a lot cheaper. And I think they, they let Juju walk. That's true. I, I don't know. I guess you never know what's going to happen with that team. He just seemed to me like a Heinz Ward kind of guy for that team. Mm-hmm. That's a total gut feeling, but yeah, I guess so. They're they're so they're so deep a wide receiver that Juju could walk, and maybe we don't have to pay out the butt for him. Um, and and I just want to just piggyback on an idea that I didn't get to mention before, but as far as we're talking about the draft, uh, there was that trade for. Uh, speaking of Leonard Williams, uh, Fred Clark got traded to the Chiefs from the Seahawks a couple years ago. Another defensive lineman that had an outstanding one year season, and in return, the Chiefs got a first round and the, in the final year, second round pick um, just to trade straight up. So if you want to trade Leonard Williams and get some draft capital in the sign and trade, um, then we could be talking about lots of really interesting trade scenarios in this upcoming um, draft. And, you know, judge might be a part of doing something like that when Gettleman might not. And that goes to my point of earlier. If it, and, I, and it'll only prove me right if that ends up happening, because, you know, it's not going to be Gettleman. It's going to be somebody else. But well, does I, that take some like, creativity? Well, yeah. I just I just wanted to jump in too, and this is like very low level, not not that important. But if if we are to get rid of Ingram at some point somehow, if we could 
sign a mid-level younger tight end that's fairly good at blocking, that's not spectacular, I, I will be so happy with that. And then spend the money elsewhere because anything is better than him. And if you get someone who can actually block, then that's an asset. I was so. I was thinking more that they should get like a stopgap guy, like an older guy, like uh, like Jared Cook or something for just, a, I mean, he's older just for one year and then see what happens. There's also like, you know, a guy like Brevin Jordan out of the U who would probably be like a second, third round pick who I, I kind of like. I watched a little bit of film on him the other day. He, he, you know, the highlights are the highlights, but he definitely looked like he has ability to, to catch the ball. I mean, the Giants need pass catchers, and, I, and I'm with you, Dan. I, I really don't think that the first round is a place where the Giants are picking a wide receiver, uh, especially like, I guess, Devonta Smith, Alabama, when the Heisman is, is the number one. He's just like Ted Ginn Jr. 2.0 to me. It's just he's just too he's too undersized to be a number one receiver. I think that he could go out of the he could be a slot receiver. I'm not going to say he won't be successful. I just don't think he's a number one receiver. He's a kind of player that a team much closer to competing for a championship would love to have. But sure. with a team with as many holes as we do, I don't think a speed demon like game breaker, uh, you know, diminutive receiver is is what we need right away. I yeah. feel I, I'm I'm always going to stay offensive line until we have a good one. But, yep. uh, I mean, I, I, I got to go with Ian, what Ian said in the pod a few, a few uh, pods back about picking a cornerback in the first round. Um, there's three guys that are all good value at 11 in, uh, in Patrick Sertain, who's like, I guess, the consensus number one. Whether or not he'll be there at 11, I don't know. But Caleb Fairley and J.C. Horn, um, by the way, two guys who Patrick Sertain and, and Joe Horn's sons, which makes me feel old that they're coming out in the draft right now. But I think those guys would all be good value at 11. Maybe J.C. Horn's a little bit of a reach, but we'll see how, you know, the evaluations play out in the next month or so. Um, if they don't do that in the draft, I could see, you know, Desmond King or, or Shaquille Barrett from the Seahawks. Even like like Ronald Darby from Washington, who's like kind of a mid-tier guy, is still a f- – you could get him on a decent contract, and he's still a huge upgrade from, from Edom. And, and, and I got to mention one more thing at the running back position. Got to resign Goleman. Gotta. Gotta resign. <laughs> now you gotta. And you know what? He's not going to be expensive. I'm with you. I mean, maybe someone wants to pay him because he did have flashes and he did have a good a good yards per carry. Whether or not he can handle the whole workload is a whole another question. And you know what? Power to him if he gets a big contract somewhere. That's Get the bag, man. I hope, you know what? You know, even if the Giants don't resign him, you're right. I hope somebody pays him a bunch of money. And even if he doesn't succeed, I hope he... You know, if he's out of the league in a couple of years, at least he made a bag on the way out because I think he deserves it, at least for, in my opinion, for being the ball man for us this year. He's a bit of, uh, you know, uh, Danny DeVito type as being a renaissance man on this team by himself. So <laughs> uh, he, he had his ups and downs. I, I kind of want to see him. Imagine he just sticks around. He, he, he retires with us. It would be incredible. I'm all for it. Yeah. Just don't pay him too much. And we need a, we need more things. Well, of course. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us tonight. And and as of right now, this will probably be our last pod until before the draft. And then we'll do one after where we just kind of discuss our free agency and the moves we made. Then we'll probably take a little bit of an extended break until the start of training camp. And I think really, like, I, I know I speak for the three of us. I want to say thanks for listening to us. It was definitely a learning experience doing this for the first time this year. I know we said we're going to do our best to get better. And I definitely think that we have improved and we're going to keep improving. I think at the end of the day, this is something that we just wanted to do for fun. And the fact that anybody wants to listen to us talk is just awesome. And we just appreciate everyone who's been listening to us all year. Even if you, you know, gave us one listen and didn't like it. Thank you for listening at all. I really appreciate it. You guys have anything to say before we go? Or... 
Ah, I'm just happy that I get to talk to you guys automatically once a week as uh, two of my best friends of all time. So this has been a wonderful thing. And I hope we continue to do it for the foreseeable future. So we're old men. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Highlight of the week. Uh, thank you to anybody that listens and posts and talks about us, makes fun of us. Hopefully we get more people making fun of us. Um, you know, looking forward to the off season, talking about some hope and promise for the next year. And uh, I'd, I'd like to leave everyone with a quote uh, of the aforementioned Danny DeVito. Uh, this is something I think Dave Gellman should keep in mind. The choices you make dictate the life you lead. Totally agree with that. Thank you again, guys, for listening, and have a good night. And we'll see you before the draft. Peace. Oh, oh, oh.